0: I'm <laughs>
1: Friday, It's a victory Friday in Philadelphia after the Phillies knocked off the Mets 5-4 in game one of the series. Welcome into our Friday edition of the PHLY Phillies podcast. I'm Renee Washington, joined by Jamie Lynch. We're thrilled to be here because the Phillies took care of business last night. Nick Castellanos really got it all going, helping to drive in four out of five of the team's runs in the game. And then Jose Alvarado, the closer, just loved the fact that we saw the Phillies hold the lead and even when the Mets came back to tie things up the Phillies continue to push the pedal to the metal and do what they do best so lots to talk about as we dive into the game but also we have some Things that we're going to be talking about later on in the show that you want to stick around for. Jamie's got some hot takes, uh, in a sense, as he'll be getting into most disrespected (laughs) players to ever wear a Phillies uniform. And we've got some more things coming your way besides just game action. So let's dive right in, talking about game one, Jamie. Your thoughts after watching the Phillies knock off the Mets in a close one. It's always close against the Mets.
0: Yeah, there was two, (laughs) like, really great things, in my opinion, last night. Um, As we, you know, look. I don't think they're going to lose a series to the Mets or anything. Uh, It's all about getting ready for the playoffs right now. We talked about you know, the first week we launched here that one of Alvarado or Sir Anthony has to come through for you because you need one of those two guys. Uh, Having both of them would be obviously awesome. Uh, I just don't think that's reality right now. And Alvarado has looked great his last two times out. He had some real swing and miss stuff last night. uh, in a non-save situation, he's historically not good. We'll get into his numbers in a little bit because there's something that irritates me with him, Uh, but Alvarado looked awesome. So he's primed and ready for the playoffs, and Nick Castellanos is a man possessed right now. If If he can keep this going, because remember, Renee, a year ago, you couldn't really confidently say that you were believing in Nick Castellanos entering the playoffs he was okay Mm -hmm. but he certainly wasn't great Uh, and we'll get into some of the Nick Castellanos numbers Uh, the dude is having a great year uh, for Nick Castellanos he really is and right now if he plays the way he's playing he can really be the x-factor for this team because if you have him in the six or seven hole and he's given you, you know, he went deep to left field, he had a little bloop single, he had one up, this, up the middle, uh, he kind of did it in all ways, so when you see a hitter going to all fields and kind of taking what's coming to them, uh, it's a great sign, and he looks Awesome right now. He really could be a huge factor come playoff time.
1: Yeah, it's it's fun to see how Nick Castellanos is continuing to elevate his game. Uh every everyone's got the unbuttoned shirts now. Um I know his his wife and, and I'm sure we'll talk about it even more. Uh just kind of like calm down, guys, no more buttons coming undone. But he's got everybody loosening up their buttons right now. Um uh, we saw Ranger Suarez, who was showing off uh oh, yeah. well, had his buttons undone. John Smoltz and his are you know, uh, partner we we're,
0: were talking about it oh, last yeah. night. Smoltz was like, wow. <laughs> What are, he he kind of sounded like uh, Grandpa Simpson yelling at the clouds there. <laughs> just because it wasn't for you, John, doesn't mean it's not for Ranger. He's got a little more swag than you do. Yeah. Uh, but but I, do I, li- I do like Smoltz in the booth.
1: Yeah, and I do also like the fact you guys are calling for the victory song because the Phillies, <laughs> the Phillies got the win. I'm just going to go with the last line. We'll skip the rest. But Do you overall, have it
0: memorized at this point?
1: Actually, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I don't. So that's <laughs> partly why I went with the last line. Um, I, The beat, you know, I'm yeah. forgetting it. But uh, yeah, the victory song, if you... You missed it it is on our social media especially our instagram you can check it out for the full victory song but the phillies got the win and we're happy about it so um thanks that you guys are calling out my song i feel like a soundcloud artist this is what it feels like <laughs> yeah. but yeah honestly welcome it's in. friday
0: it's a victory <laughs> friday The got the win i'm getting i'm starting to get irrationally excited for the playoffs again it's, it's so, so close freaking nice to have playoff baseball back <sighs> You know, that was such a long decade from from 2012 to basically 21, 22. Uh, that was a long freaking time. And now it's back to being the standard again. Yes. Yes. Uh, Shout out John Middleton for for spending that money, um, but this is this is great. It's really exciting. Uh, you know, playoff baseball is just the best. It, it really is, is. It is.
1: And look, as everybody's coming in, saying their hellos and happy Fridays, we can be upbeat. It's it's a great day. The magic number continues to dwindle um, as the Phillies are getting closer and closer to to clinching that spot. We'll talk about magic numbers later, but this is what we love. We had the same feeling a couple days ago um, against the Braves. We have it again today after they beat the Mets. When the Phillies are, are winning, everybody's happier. I yes. feel like people drive better on the roads. The sun shines a little bit brighter. It just makes everything in Philly a lot less a lot less chaotic and stressful.
0: But yeah, my wife uh, said uh, so. I'm a big uh, flag guy at the front door. And oh, I, all I did have you change is it? Eagles and Phillies, and okay. the Phillies have been up all year. And my wife the other day said, uh, You know, it's time to put the Eagles out. And I was like, No, 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 no. We are not going to jinx <laughs> this yet. It is Red October. Uh, and I think everybody's starting to feel it a little bit. I think uh, the ballpark looked a little on the smaller side last night in terms of crowd, but the energy was there. Oh, like, yeah. people are. People are starting to feel it. Nine games left in the year. It's it's really exciting. It
1: is. It is, and uh, it's the biggest thing that makes it exciting is to see how the team is playing, the numbers, um, the consistency. You know, that's something that we have kept we continue to harp on because at this point of the season, as we're closing in on Red October, we want to make sure that the Phillies are are taking care of business, winning the games they're supposed to win, but also the adjustments, the little details are there. And I love the fact that we saw that yesterday. Again, Ranger Suarez gets things started off. I'm a huge Ranger fan. I love Ranger. I love Ranger. When Ranger's at the mound, things are better and things are happier. Uh, But (laughs) look, Ranger Suarez did a great job pitching, um, working all the way into just into 6.2 innings. But – Five hits, you know, there were those four runs, he did give up the four runs, but either it still wasn't yeah. the same as we've seen with the bullpen issues of giving up runs. It felt more controlled. It didn't you never felt like it was gonna slip away from Ranger and it was gonna trickle into two, three, four back to back Runs. It was good plays by the Mets, honestly.
0: Yeah. uh, They just kind of hit them where the Phillies weren't last night. It wasn't it wasn't Rangers best night by any means, but it's his first time getting back to back wins since mid June. So that's a really encouraging kind of between the ears thing for him to go out there twice in a row and get W's. Uh, Ranger is another huge factor in the playoffs. Um, you know, he, he, hopefully you don't see him in the first round. Hopefully you just win games one and two and you don't need him game three, mm-hmm. but you know, we keep talking about it. You're on this collision course with the Atlanta Braves and that game three is a pivotal one. Um, so, you know, Ranger could play a absolutely huge role this postseason, just like he did last year. So yeah. uh, for him to kind of be rounded into form Alvarado to be al- rounded into form mm-hmm. and, and of course Castellanos. Those are three really encouraging signs for this Phil squad.
1: Yeah, and Ranger gave up the home run against Mark Vientos. They, it was this, just the second home run he's given up on his curveball all year. I mean, the numbers have been great. As you mentioned yesterday, wasn't his best performance. But at this point in the season, we know what we're going to get from Bryson Stott, which is awesome to be able to say. Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, uh, Kyle Schwarber. It's how do the other guys step up? Who else? And we've talked about, in the bullpen specifically, who Who's going to be the 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 guys that we can count on in the rotation? And right now, Ranger Suarez and definitely Jose Alvarado are rounding out that list, and it's been awesome to see. So Uh, we have a uh,
0: a good comment on the chat tonight about tonight's game. Oh yeah, I think a spiral out says take the over tonight. Uh, McGill versus Walker. That is a good piece of advice. There's going to be some runs scored tonight in South Philly, Um, (laughs) but yeah, it's um, you know it's a really encouraging sign that three pretty critical guys. Uh, to this you know, recipe for success uh, are rounding into form. Even Kimbrell last night had some swing and miss stuff. Yeah. Uh, let's just get into it because it, it, it is driving me nuts. It's driving some other people nuts. Uh, his inability to keep guys on the base path. Uh, look, I understand he, he clearly doesn't care. Uh, Runners are 12 for 12 against them this year in stealing bases. Mm. He didn't even look at Francisco Lindor last night. uh, And I think the announcer said that's about as clean of a stolen base as you'll ever see. You have one of the best defensive catchers in baseball. Him and Garrett Stubbs, JT and Stubbs, are both two of the top 10 uh, quickest, you know, pitch to release times in baseball. You got to work on this uh, because come playoff time, A guy going first to second on you, look, in the regular season in May, June, July, you can live with that. That's, you know, not the end of the world. Come playoff time, every base matters. And playoff baseball is all about two out hits and runners in scoring position. Uh, So to allow people to get in extras a free base or two on you, it's just not good enough in Atlanta the other night it was they stole oh. second and third on them he didn't even glance at them so Kimbrell's gotta tighten that up you know maybe that falls on JT and Rob Thompson to make sure that gets tightened up uh, maybe a spike is water with a little Ritalin before games or something <laughs> uh, but that's gotta stop because I, I I'm gonna get heart palpitations in the playoffs
1: well over. as you we're talking about a collision course with the Braves in the postseason and I don't know they may have Oh, Ronald Acuna Jr. alone. Yeah, two alone guys at the top who, <laughs> of their order that are pretty fast. <laughs> that are pretty fast and still a lot of bases on collision course for, I don't know, a 40, 70 season. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 very much concerning because as we're talking about, the attention to detail that's needed, especially in big moments, May, eh, maybe we can let it slide. I don't care then. But come October, definitely even late September, you have to be better at these things. And also the concerning part is... Just like we notice it, so do opponents. And they're knowing, OK, if Kimbrel's pitching, this is a guy we can steal bases on. And that's also a concern, that now we don't want to have any any room or any areas where opponents can have on their scouting reports, this is a game plan, this is an area we can exploit. And right now, Kimbrel is definitely having that issue with us, um, unfortunately, noticing it and so do others notice it as well and uh overall I would just say and I know Spiral Out was saying it in the chat I know our chat just popped away for a quick moment but Spiral Out was saying in the chat like which is more frustrating is it the the
0: We have an AirPlay passcode yeah. <laughs> for you Tyler it's 3491 yeah I don't know what just <laughs> happened here
1: but hopefully we're still on and everybody else can see us but Either way, um, are we still good? And they're able to see. Okay, so I know Spiralot was saying in the comments, Jamie, while uh, Tyler Zuli fixes a tech error here, um, is it more concerning the pitch clock and the lack of awareness for the pitch clock, or the stolen base? And they're both annoying. He clearly me, to doesn't be care about it's the pitch clock. It's just the lack clock. of awareness in general to me is a concern because you're coming in as a reliever in major moments, yeah, and you're allowing these plays that can be game-changing plays.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, he clearly doesn't care about pitch clock or, uh, you know, kind of looking runners down, uh, but he should. This isn't Craig Kimbrell of, you know, 2015, where he's in his prime. Uh, and he doesn't really have to worry about that stuff this is craig kimbrell of 2023 where he's still pretty good he's converting i think 80 roughly 89 percent of his save opportunities this year non-save situations he sucks uh but he always has in his career but yeah let's not get in the habit of allowing free bases to be stolen because like you said it's those high leverage situations uh you know where where one single can kind of blow open a game on you don't give him that opportunity uh I really think that's something they got to address here in the final, you know, nine know games of the hasn't year.
1: I don't know why, I mean- <laughs> either,
0: to be honest, uh, maybe cuz he's got to do the, you know, the shoulder flex oh, and it blocks his peripheral vision or something. I don't understand it. I probably never will. Uh, but yeah, let's not make this a habit.
1: Yeah, it's definitely not a habit that uh, is a good one. Let's break that habit, Craig Kimbrell, please. Yeah. As of yesterday, hopefully that's the last day we see it.
0: And and while we're on the subject of stolen bases in general, uh, I thought that I thought the broadcast last night was really good. Actually, I like Smoltz as an announcer. Yeah. Um, I always liked Ken Rosenthal, uh, but they were talking about it and they they gave the stat that it's the most stolen bases in Major League Baseball since 1985. Uh, now Craig Kimbrell is uh, making it very easy for them, <laughs> but the stolen bases is up. It was an intentional decision by Major League Baseball. Uh, to, you know, with the pitch clock, you can kind of time cadences a little bit better. Uh, the bigger bases now, it's technically a little easier. Uh, so Major B- League Baseball wanted this. And as a guy that grew up uh, you know, watching Ricky Henderson and Vince Coleman and all these guys that were artists at Stealing Base... Um, I did miss it. I'm not going to lie. But now it's something you have to game plan for more in the playoffs. And how much are the Phillies going to rely on it themselves? And then as we were talking about, especially with Kimbrell uh, and maybe some of these other guys, how much are you going to defend against it uh, consciously here in the playoffs? Because you know every base matters come playoff time. It does
1: and it's the fundamentals. I mean, we talked about bunting earlier on a previous episode. Stolen bases are up there. <laughs> I mean, it's just these are these are the things that can separate you from winning a game, losing a game, and come postseason, you don't want to have a loss be because you're Craig Kimbrough not paying attention, especially with stolen bases so high this season, and Craig's probably contributing to a lot of those numbers now. He's helping. Um, I mean, the Phillies... <laughs> but overall, these are things that you talk about. It. First to second base, second to third base, that's, that's a major difference. Yeah. And so you want to make sure you're not allowing for any areas or ways to have opponents score runs if you can just I don't know have a look and be more aware yeah and then it stops that all altogether it's yeah. a, it's a, in my opinion a simple shift of just paying more attention
0: the uh, the two teams you're you're probably gonna face and I say two you know jinx free that they get past the wild card round the Arizona Diamondbacks were fourth in baseball this year with 155 stolen bags the Atlanta Braves are let me five six seven eight nine a little, 12th in baseball with 123 right so the the two teams you're potentially here gonna collide with our upper half of baseball stolen base teams. So yeah, let's pay attention to this, Rob. Let's maybe yeah. put out a, a, a TPS report in the clubhouse or hang something on the bulletin <laughs> board of uh, maybe we need to be a little more defensive on the stolen base yeah. front because it is a bigger factor this year in the playoffs than it's been in a long, long time.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. As you mentioned, the Fox broadcast was was good. It was entertaining. Loved I like the, the commentary. Yeah. I know it's tonight when it's Taiwan Walker versus Tyler McGill to start things off. It will be on Apple TV, so I know in the chat um, Casper and, and different people are dropping some hints about how to watch on Apple TV. I love
0: Apple TV broadcasts. I gotta be honest I with you. I feel
1: like my Apple TV broadcast, and I don't know if it's my TV so I don't want to admit this out loud, it always has issues. Does oh. anybody else have that? No. Is it just me?
0: No, the things I love <laughs> about it, I think the, the picture quality is the best in sports. I don't know. I don't know what, t- you know, Tim Cook's got endless amounts of cash, so maybe he brought he bought or invented like the most high-def cameras ever. But I think the camera shots are great. Uh, and the other thing they do, which is really cool, I know you can do it locally with the union as well and get Dave Leno on the broadcast. Um, you can switch to the local radio. Um, right. and So you don't have to listen to Hunter Pence and some <laughs> other stooges. Um, you can switch to the best in town, Scott Fransky, and hear that. Um, so it's pretty cool. I do like the Apple broadcasts, uh, but... I understand why it's a total pain in the ass for some people yeah um if you want to see me get angry put an important phillies game on a facebook only (laughs) broadcast oh gosh and you will see me turn into the hulk real quick
1: yeah yeah people are agreeing the best part is you can switch the audio audio yeah and then also the walk-up songs that is nice too um i don't I just I wish there was a way that we didn't have to switch from like one streaming app to the next and watch all of our games on the same in the same spot. Oh, there is a way. Cable. Um but it Okay, is. boomer. <laughs> I miss cable. I still have my cable for that exact reason because it is nice to be able to just flip to the channels versus having to flip through app to app. Yeah, I do miss the last
0: button. I, yeah.
1: I love the last button, and, and you just quickly, quickly can click If the want to If you want
0: to bra- advertise with us, I do miss the yeah, X1 platform. I will
1: happily and advocate for cable because moving from Apple, I mean, I was even like, every day I feel like I'm watching multiple games at once, and instead of clicking the last button, I had to click... In and out, and I do have voice remote, so I can just say like yeah. Philly's on Apple TV yeah, or yeah, yeah. you know whatever game on Paramount or whatever game you know. But it still is annoying to have yeah. to do that extra step. So. Uh,
0: apparently Hunter ben- Pence's burner is in here. Uh, Will, I'm sorry, I won't talk poorly about Hunter Pence. I did, <laughs> I did like Hunter Pence when he was here. I just think he tries to be a little too. Flyers
1: games on MySpace, John Dickerson. <laughs> now we're taking a trip down memory lane. John
0: I, Dickerson's our chat comedian. He funny. is.
1: He's always and and is always actively also reminding yeah. people to hit the like button. Which which I like John. Subscribe. Thank you for that. Subscribe, like. Thank you, John. But also, I remember my Princess Nene X three days on MySpace, an ice princess. I don't know why I was stuck I on was princess. never on
0: MySpace. So I oh, know.
1: I was like middle school for me. So wow. I was
0: very much in my Renee, e I, and everything. I didn't even get a Facebook account until I was out of college. Oh,
1: see, I was so, so young when Facebook came out, I was part of the group that had to fake our email to be able to get on Facebook. Oh. Did you know that was a thing?
0: Because I know in the beginning you needed like a college, high school. Oh, a high school. Was it college? You needed some kind of .edu originally. I didn't have one of
1: those. I was too young to be on Facebook, so we figured out how to hack and be able able to use other people's emails. (laughs) You in New Jersey? Look out! (laughs) Such a rebel, guys! I was sneaking onto Facebook because MySpace was closing out. Yeah, top eight (laughs) flyers players of MySpace. (laughs) It makes you wonder, Tyler, who would be in your top eight right now? I
0: don't know,
1: but. None. <laughs> None, nobody on the Flyers. It's definitely not the case. I'd have. I'd have Nick Cassiano. is definitely a front runner for my top he eight is, on my uh,
0: Let's talk about Nick. Absolutely. Because I didn't realize what a career year he's having.
1: It's out of this world. The yeah, numbers that he's putting and up.
0: And it's kind of weird. Uh, Because, you know, you you do see that first half of the season when he's an all-star was great. And then there was two really rough patches. He's kind of moved up and down the order. He was a little salty about going to seventh at one point. I think Matt Gell wrote a story about that. Uh, But he's been the consummate professional. You know, we got a tweet last night from a a fan, hopefully a diehard, which you can uh, become one at allphly.com, by the way. Uh, but said, tweeted at Jess Castellanos, his wife, and said, can you please thank Nick for me? He gave my children sweatbands in Atlanta last week during the series. And, like, he gets that, and that's a real – I always will respect every professional athlete – that understands what that means to a kid because as a kid that used to go down to the vet and try to get balls signed and I would go to athlete appearances just to see them and be like, yeah, the memorabilia is cool. Um, But like that connection of just like that you can make on a kid, he understands that. And it's really, really cool to see. Uh, And not even to mention He's having a career high in RBIs this year, which I didn't realize. I knew he had been a low hundreds RBI guy twice before, uh, but he's now eclipsed it at 104 on the year. He's hitting above his career batting average. He's hitting he's getting on base more than his career average. Uh, and he's high in OB, uh, the uh, OPS mm-hmm. uh, for a career high. He's there with his home run numbers. His uh, RBI total is his high, is highest of his career. Yeah. And he's just having an overall great year. Uh, and as we talked about, he really could be this X factor because he wasn't playing this well last year. You're right. getting a better Nick Castellanos now Um, and Tyler, we lost our screen again, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yes, you're getting a much better Nick this year than last year. Yeah. And this was something the broadcasting crew last night talked about. And they're not wrong when they say that Bryson Stott is the X factor from last year to this year. But you can't sleep on Nick Castellanos either because he's playing so much better.
1: No, you can't. I mean, 102 RBIs on the season, as you mentioned, a career high. Nick Castellanos is in my top eight. I love that um, Patrick Glenn was also saying we would be in his top eight on my base, which is fantastic. But Nick is definitely someone that would be in my top eight because of just the way that he brings so much excitement and, and he's rough around the edges and sometimes has you scratching your head but then also has you cheering, and like it, it's the it's it's Nick's greatest strength is the fact that he's willing to take those chances of being the guy and the drive in four runs. I mean. He hits another home run, also in that. So four home runs in the last four games, which is fantastic. The consistency, but also as you talk about off the field, uh, off the pitch, that what Nick is doing to help connect with whether it's his teammates and the unbuttoning of the shirts, which I know we joke about, but those are the types of things that help people feel like they're they're part of the family. You know, Nick. Well, Jess Castellanos, signature. I
0: think, is saying back off, ladies. <laughs> she said, "I appreciate the yes. enthusiasm and the love, <laughs> but no more buttons, ladies."
1: I don't blame Jess about that. We've talked about Nick and I know A.J. Jones who isn't on the show right now. Miss Kelly, my daughter's teacher, big Nick fan. Yeah, there's a lot of huge Nick fans. I'm a Nick fan as well. I I do enjoy the fact that Nick brings you a little bit of that that bad boy vibe. Yeah, they're a cool family. They are. They are, they are. And uh, and also just getting others involved with that too. I know we talked about when he helped Rojas unbutton his and then obviously we're seeing Ranger Suarez do it. It's contagious. It's getting everybody kind of feeling that and even the Scooby-Doo side of things. I love that Scooby-Doo It's so actively talked about in the broadcasts. Uh, yeah, I agree <laughs> with you guys in the chat. We, we He loves Scooby-Doo. We love the fact that Scooby-Doo's being brought in. And then also um, off the field, the connection with the players, I mean, excuse me, with the fans is, is a beautiful thing that he's able to help be so selfless. I mean, there are some people, and I'm not going to say names, but there are some athletes that when they're playing really well, you know, they're not as nice to other people and they're not as giving, but to be able to still – be that same personality off the diamond, and you're now helping to inspire the next generation. We love all those mushy gushy things.
0: Yeah, no, he's <laughs> uh, he's having it's a great story this year because you know like he struggled last year he and did. it was his first you year. He struggled here. in the
1: part, early parts of this year.
0: Yeah, and Trey Turner, I think he kind of was like seeing himself last year for whatever reason. When some of these guys get paid and go to a new town, yeah. there does seem to be an adjustment period. You know, uh, I don't know if. That is, you know, it's like the human aspect of it is you're getting your family to a new city, you're establishing right. roots, you're setting up, uh, you know, your new home, and your right. kids new, are in a new house and a new school. And I do think there's that human element of things where it just, you know, and not to mention the expectations of a Trey Turner salary. Uh, right. Nick Castellanos is a hundred million dollar man, must be pretty cool. Uh, but I do think there's that human element of adjustment, and I think Nick was. Pretty critical in you know lending a, a shoulder to Trey early this year, being like, "Man, I know what you're going through. I did it last year, you know." And not that Trey needs it, but it's always encouraging when a teammate's like, yeah. "Bro, you're you're a better player than this. Uh, don't worry, just keep working hard. It's it's gonna yeah, work." And out. and that
1: and that's something I always tell people. I don't care who you are. I don't care what sport you're playing. You can never just move into a whole new team and just seamlessly transition. And the players that are able to do it, um, I. I look at even like a Tom Brady with Tampa Bay to be able to come right in and win a Super Bowl. Across sports, you rarely see that happen where a player steps right in and is able to elevate their team to be a postseason team or a championship team because it does take time to, to, to get acclimated. It's a whole new way of doing things. The clubhouse, the routine, you're living in a new area, especially if you have young kids. You can say this as a father of young kids. Oh, yeah. There's an adjustment period of your for your family as well. Definitely. You know, it's not as simple. We're not talking about video games where my, you just move do up. Bootsy had
0: diarrhea everywhere when we moved.
1: Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I don't. Oh, wow. The dog
0: needed an adjustment period. Wow. Let alone the baby. Yeah, Bootsie was struggling. Wow. The dog had
1: diarrhea when you moved.
0: All over, what are those uh, sisal rugs? And it gets in the grain and the fabric. It was just. And
1: imagine then trying to go play a baseball game after you're cleaning
0: up poop. It's not fun. When you walk home and your dog has deuced on the carpet, it just. You know, it's a tough adjustment period. Uh, Let alone babies puking everywhere, sleepless nights. uh, Um, Well, yeah,
1: exactly. So, (laughs) like you're saying, JB, not to open up a can of worms here. Clearly, (laughs) I hit a soft spot there, but overall, it definitely just... Takes time. You're trying to learn. Yeah, teammates' absolutely. tendencies are a big part. We've your new that. route
0: to work. Your
1: new route to work? What's the traffic like? What what's, hoagie wh- can I trust? Where around can I here? eat? Where can, yeah, <laughs> th- there are so many things beyond just like playing your sport that factor into it. So it does take some time to really get acclimated and get l- used to what that may be like. But another way that you can get used to easily acclimating to go check out any sport is through the Game Time Boom. app. Now, the Game Time app allows you to be able to find great prices, and be able, to be able to find <coughs> Dates and opportunities to go see <laughs> to go see your favorite concerts and games. Head on over to the Game Time app. Use the code PHLY to get that $20 off. The Game Time app has our backs here in Philly, and they've got yours too, so you can be able to check out any game that you'd like. Now, you guys are really ro- rocking in the chat right now, and we're trying to keep up. We will get to Scott Rowland and the booing conversation. Don't you worry. We've got more coming around that there. Um, well, oh, let's yeah. talk about the bullpen first, because uh, overall, we've, we have been very, very heavily scrutinizing the bullpen. We all have been. But, um, Jamie, is the bullpen a little bit better than we've been thinking
0: right now? Yeah, it, it has <laughs> been. Uh, you know, I think with Hoffman and Alvarado, you just kind of were waiting for one of Sir Anthony or Alvarado to kind of turn that corner a little bit. Uh, you know, they both have been on the I.L. at times this year. Uh, and as, as we've seen with guys, you're seeing it with Ranger now. It takes him a little while to come off that IL and get back in a groove again. And I, I want to say this, and I believe it's a jinx-free statement, that Jose Alvarado has turned the corner and he's back to being a reliable yes. eighth inning or ninth inning guy. When he's coming out right now, I have full confidence in him. Uh, and that's, that's something that's making me feel great about this playoff run. Uh, but Hoffman has been you know a great story this year. Uh, And we've actually put in a request with the team to talk to him. So hopefully that's something we can do because he he was minutes and hours away from going over to japan earlier this year he had a contract in his hand was ready to go the phillies ended up matching more or less an offer for like around a million bucks uh and he has been an absolute savior of the season uh and there was an incredible stat that was broken in atlanta the other day which i was even unaware of uh how good of a stat this was um, so his hiccup on Wednesday where he allowed a runner, how dare he? <sighs> it, it ended an 11-game scoreless streak. Uh, over that 11-game span, Hoffman had allowed only two hits, and opponents were hitting .056 versus him with an on-base of one sixty-seven and an OPS of, 50, uh, same thing, .56. Uh, it broke a streak of 23 consecutive road appearances in which Hoffman had allowed zero earned runs for the Phillies. Now, the only Phillies, to put in context how Phillies-dominant that streak was, the only Phillies with a longer consecutive scoreless appearance streak on the road was Ryan Madsen, who allowed zero earned runs in 25 consecutive appearances uh, back in 2011. Ryan Matson, absolutely one of the best homegrown pitchers the Phillies have had in the last 20 years. Uh, but here's the company he's in. For Phillies relievers with an ERA below one on the road in the expansion era. Now, this comes into play because if you do win that wild card round, you're going to be down in Atlanta on the road. And Hoffman has shown you a body of work this year uh, on the road that you really feel strong about he's right up there with jose mesa in 2001 Incredible. brad lidge in 2008 we all remember that one he was pretty damn good that year uh jeff hoffman currently billy wagner in 05 and ken giles in 2015 uh you can say what wow. you want about the phillies they have a history of good bullpen closers like that lists those guys were all, uh, you know, upper echelon closers in their career, or at least setup men to some degree. But Giles, Wagner, Lidge, and Mesa were all very good closers uh, at times. You know, some of them, Giles, <coughs> didn't last as long as maybe some would have thought. Uh, but the fact that Hoffman is there in the the annals of Philly's history with some some heavyweights wow. uh, kind of puts in perspective how great of a year he's actually having.
1: Yeah, and I know some people in the chat are saying similarly, like they didn't they didn't even expect that they're surprised no, by not it. not at all. That number is very surprising. When you we didn't even realize it was 11 games no. in a streak that was going on. But when you look at the bullpen, we've talked so much about the struggles of it that we have lost, you know, the in betweens of how player how pitchers have been coming in and and doing. A good job and Hoffman being one of them. Even last night, you look not a single run given up, three hits given up between the three relievers. You know, Kimberly just sweat a little
0: bit, but it was all right.
1: But it but it was fine. And then overall, when you talk about that list of Phillies relievers that Jeff Hoffman is in company with, that's only one other pitcher in the last decade. Yeah. So it just also speaks to I know. They traded
0: then pretty quickly thereafter. Right.
1: We speak (laughs) to just kind of the the, where the team is at now versus that we know there was the streak of the times we don't like to talk about when and the Phillies were struggling, you know, it was pre-struggles that we really had strong pitchers that are on this list and strong relievers. So it also might be – it is a sign of the change of the times for the Phillies that, you know, you're having these historic numbers that you're now in the conversation with Phillies like, you know, as you're talking about Jose Mesa and, and different Phillies pitchers. So Yeah, and somebody in the chat see.
0: there just said, I think it's Reggie dad. Uh, now, I don't forget this, <laughs> but he points it out. And yeah. Brad Lidge – he was perfect that year, you know, 48 for 48. We all know that. But it was an emotional roller coaster. That was a taxing 48 for 48. The amount of times Brad Lidge would get runners on second and third with like one out and get out of it was absolutely yeah. amazing. Uh, but as that 2008, it's, you know, the starting pitching. Baseball goes in, like, waves. Sometimes you, you need starting pitching to rely on. Sometimes you just need a good bullpen and good offense. Sometimes an elite offense alone yeah. can get it done. Uh, and the Phillies kind of were a perfect, you know, piece that year. Oh yeah. Uh and Brad Lidge was, you know, god, he could have made the case he was up there for team MVP, but man, he made you sweat that year. That was not a easy <laughs> 48 for 48. Uh so hopefully we don't have to go through that up and down, but it does kind of appear Kimbrel as of late, um, you know, his whip over Since the All-Star break is almost double what it was the first half of the season. So he is kind of giving you that Brad Lidge, you know, heart murmurs type of up Mm -hmm. and down, nail-biting type of run. Let's hope, uh, you know, because I do bite my nails come playoff time, uh, that I'm not ripping any hangnails off uh, thanks to, uh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's a bad habit. I I used to bite my nails. Yeah.
1: Now it's just,
0: for some reason, playoff baseball – like, has me on the edge of my seat more than anything else. Is that a nervous tick? Yeah. Like, it really... I don't know. There's something about playoff baseball that's... I don't want to say more intense than playoff football, but it's more, like, nerve-wracking. Mm. Um, f- for some reason, I really... Like, I pace. Um, I'll bite my nails. Like, I really... I kind of go through it in the playoff baseball I hmm. wonder aspect. what other
1: people's nervous ticks are. I think, for me, it's more just the edge of the seat... Um, I'm kind of jittery, actually. Yeah. I think I think it's always—it's not a
0: comfortable watch. No, it's not. <laughs> and I and I always—it's
1: funny because when I watch games, I of any sport, I find myself like I'm like playing. I'm like swinging i'm catching <laughs> i'm like sliding like i i naturally am just like playing with the game and i think it's like that instinctual um athlete response of like i'm like put me in coach it's a big moment put me in yeah, regardless of the sport it's easier is, to but. play than to watch <laughs> but uh, yeah i'm glad that we also have speaking of watching people that are watching us Cashper, have a great rest of your work day thanks for joining us during your lunch period oh, thank um, you, i Cashper. know tyreek also said you sprinted away to get your daily phillies fix so glad that you were able to catch us and not miss us we have talked about nick Cassianos. we have talked about last night's game and also the the bullpen specifically Craig Kimbrell and his lack of awareness and we've got more to talk about because we've got to get into Scott Rowland but first let's talk about FOCO where you are able to check out any sort of sports merchandise entertainment apparel gear toys collectibles whatever it may be bobbleheads i always say uh, whatever it is that you're looking to, to check out and you can use the code that is on your screen phly to get a nice 10 percent off when you are using foco so head on over to foco get that discount check out the uh, things that they have there that you're able to purchase and for you guys there's also an opportunity for you to Check out Scott Rowland back at Citizens Bank Park. Now, we have wondered Ugh. and talked about in the return of Scott Rowland, we're going to see the um, after, you know, a, a career in Philly that Scott Rowland's going to be on the Walk of Fame, as it's called. And uh, so, overall, Scott Rowland hasn't been the most warm, welcomed in Philly athlete and player. I'll this? let you jump in,
0: Jamie. Uh, It's been 21 years. Get (laughs) the fuck over it. All right? Let the man have his night. If you're thinking, and I don't think this is going to happen, but there's some old heads out there that probably still resent Scott Rowland and this and that, Uh, get over it. If you go down there with the intention of booing Scott Rowland on a Wall of Fame night, you find go, go touch some grass go ground yourself to this earth go have a beer walk away there's no reason to boo a man on his wall of fame induction night um he's one of the best third basemen in franchise history he gave you six or seven years here that was really freaking good i think he won three or four gold gloves while he's here if you want to blame anyone in the scott Rowland situation Blame the Philadelphia Phillies because they were a cheap organization back Mm. then. They were an underperforming organization back then. Scott Rowland just called them out for it. Uh, Scott Rowland was a tremendous player. He's in the Hall of Fame. We all know he went in as a Cardinal in the baseball heaven comment. If that's still bothering you over two decades later, get a life. Let the dude have his night. Cheer him on. He's a great Philly. I know that triggers people to even hear that, uh, but get over it. It was 21 years ago, as we said, uh, you know, let the bygones be bygones. His first four years in Philadelphia, the team was 78 games under 500. That is bad baseball, and they were cheap on top of it. I know he eventually got offered at the time – the most expensive uh, deal in baseball history. But he said, I don't even care about that unless you're going to invest in the rest of the roster so we can compete. They were the second worst record in the NL over those first four years. Um, There's a couple quotes, because Jason Stark actually sat down with uh, Larry Boa. Scott Rowland declined the interview. And that type of stuff kind of adds a little fuel to the fire here. Um, But, you know, Larry Boa was... And he'll admit this. He admits it in the story. He was a bit of a hothead manager back then. And he said, you know, if hindsight being twenty twenty, I wish I could have tapped into Scott and his tendencies and been a little more kind of empathetic to handling him. Uh, but, you know, Scott played on some really, really bad Phillies teams. All he wanted was for them to compete. And, you know, back then as a uh, you know an early teen, I was like, yeah, I want that too, Scott. Can the Phillies stop being cheap? And this is a huge credit to John Middleton and the current ownership group because they changed everything. Like, yeah, you were going to give that one contract out back then, but what were you going to do for the rest of the team? Uh, and they didn't have that. Uh, Scott Rowland did have this quote in the Jason Stark article that says, the fans in the stands in Philadelphia have a passion about them. They're dying to win. And if those fans don't have that passion, they're not in the stands. There's a reason our attendance last year didn't reflect the team we had on the field. And the reason for that is these fans are upset with ownership and they have every right to be. Scott Rowland is saying exactly what you wanted a leader of the Phillies back then (laughs) to say, that the ownership needs to be better. And now, in present day, they are. But Scott Rowland don't go down there and boo him tonight he's one of the most disrespected phillies of all time we talked about ryan howard yesterday he's absolutely up there for me uh and then i you know i came up with the big three and and the third would be bobby abreu Uh, i just think the way people talk about bobby abreu is silly in this town uh because he wasn't aaron rowan diving nose first in the into the outfield walls so this scott Rowan thing I didn't even realize it was kind of like a sensitive little little subject for me there. But if I hear a boo tonight, like, you're a creep. Like, seriously, just let the guy have his night.
1: Well, I think at some point we have to draw a line in the sand. And I get frustrated because, first of all, it's just... Another thing that will make Philly fans look bad, and I know we don't really care about how we look, but can we, for once, take the high road and just no, not boo? Do you just think say it's going to happen? I, I hope not. I, I don't think it is. I don't I, I think right I, now with where the team is and where the fans are and everybody's, especially after winning yesterday, I think <coughs> the team and the fans are in a better place that we will not see boos. Um, there will probably be the few people, the knuckleheads in the ballpark, that are booing or saying something. But I also get frustrated with the fact that Athletes, at the end of the day, want what's best for their careers, and we don't always have to agree with that, and that's okay. And first of all, how many of us can be Scott Rowland? I don't know about you guys in the chat. I cannot be a Scott Rowland, so who am I to sit and boo Scott Rowland, who was a Rookie of the Year, won three of eight career Gold Glove Awards in Philly, was up for MVP? Um, you know, when you look at the, the career that Scott Rowland had, whether in a Philly's jersey or not, it still was remarkable. And so I, I know there was a comment in the chat about, like, where do we also – stand on the wall of, of, of fame you know I don't think you need to do vibes. it every like, year I don't let me just need, say that I mean that. <laughs> it's, it's something that teams like to do from the business side to honor the former players and bring people back to the ballpark I agree it's definitely a chance to monetize get some more ticket sales get some more seats and butts but overall I think and hope nobody boos and I hope that you can just yeah. be positive and regardless of what your feelings are about Scott Rowland this is not the time to boo him. Like, yeah, Randy Rhubar Randy
0: says, I wouldn't boo him, to be clear, but I don't think the Wall of Fame is necessary. Uh, I, I disagree I, a little bit. I think six or seven, what is it, six years or seven years? Six years is enough. Look, if Mike Lieberthal can make the Wall of Fame, then Scott yeah. Rowland, by that standard, certainly deserves the Wall of Fame. Um, I don't think they need to elect somebody every single year, but as you said, there's a business element to this. There's a business.
1: And honestly, that's a big part of what every team does. Schools do it. Um, I've been inducted into the Hall of Fame. There's a lot of teams that do it. It's a way to also keep... It's it's more than just about the fans, guys. It's also a way to keep the former players connected. So by them knowing, okay, I'm gonna get honored. The Phillies are are appreciating me for what I did at my time there. That's something special. Maybe I'm more likely to come around more. Or just, po- it just it's it's all about c- creating those positive relationships. And I can say that as a Hall of Famer myself. I feel like they're doing it more for the player, not as much the fans specifically. So that's where for fans that want to boo, you can leave that booing at the door. Don't bring it into the ballpark with you because it's It's about Scott Rowland, Scott Rowland's family, and just being able to have that moment to like pause and reflect on the years, even if it wasn't his entire career, the years that were spent at Citizens Bank Park.
0: Yeah, and look, the Phillies did suck back then and they didn't spend money. So Scott Rowland said what I wanted as a as a fan. That was a diehard back then. Uh, you know, go spend some money and make this team compete. Uh I believe it was his last year here. Uh, They finally were pretty good. I think they were, like, the second-best team in the NL up until, like, September, uh, made the playoffs. And then right after he left, that's when Chase Utley, I believe, was at low A the year uh, Roland left. I think Jimmy was uh, in double A, about to be called up. Um, So, you know, the tide did turn quickly after. And it was almost like the Phillies had to become a big spending team because they actually had guys in their minor league system that were bearing fruit. You know, Cole Hamels was, Mm -hmm. I think, in low A at the time as well. So, like, they, they almost had to spend because they had you know, doorstep of Hall of Fame uh, type of players. So, you know, Scott Rowland, you know, who knows? Maybe he sparked a little fire under the Phillies' asses and, and made them realize that Yeah, he was right. You know, we have to be a better ownership group if we're going to compete because historically they don't have the farm system that could hang with uh, an Atlanta Braves team who just dominated the 90s. So, so, you know, good on Scott Rowland.
1: I I know you brushed over this very quickly, but I want to give you another chance to share your list of the most (laughs) disrespected players to ever wear a Phillies jersey. As we're talking about Scott Rowland, there are players that maybe just were – on the Phillies, maybe even at the wrong time, and that we saw things that we didn't like then, but now years later can look back on and say it might have been more about the organization or management or things beyond them, um, or even just in general, like you're saying, Tyreek, where we're just so excited with how things are now. We can be more positive about it. Yeah, but there are still those guys real. that unfortunately um, did not really get the love that maybe they deserved. Yeah, Who I mean, are your three? Uh, Scott Rowland's one. Ryan
0: Howard, Scott Rowland, and Bobby Abreu. Uh, all three of them are, well, one, is a Hall of Famer and Scott Rowland. The other two, I think, are doorstep, but probably not in type of guys, uh, but certainly you know eligible and worthy of the consideration and talk. Ryan Howard wasn't disrespected during that five or six year period. Uh, The way people talk about him in hindsight, I find very disrespectful. Mm. Um, You know, once the shift was implemented on him and pitchers started pitching him low and outside and he couldn't lay off of it, and then he was never able to bounce back from the Achilles, people always seem to have that, like, last three years of kind of his downturn on the forefront of their minds when they talk about him now. Uh, Instead of realizing that that six-year period was unprecedented in the history of baseball I mean, when you think about his MVP year, he was hitting 316 and hitting like 56 home runs with 145 RBIs. Like, those are not normal numbers. Um, so, Ryan Howard gets talked about in hindsight in a disrespectful manner uh, instead of, you know, more appreciative of that. And he's a champion. You yeah. know, and like. Rick
1: Sachs is saying he's number one, probably. It, it, <laughs> I mean,
0: it really is. Bobby Abreu is dragged through the mud a little too much for me in that same kind of way. Uh, he was here. Dorn, also that down area. Uh, I think Abreu and Roland overlapped by a year or two, if I'm not mistaken. And Abreu ended up being, you know, Rollins' best man in his wedding and stuff. But Mm -hmm. he was here during a down era of Phillies baseball as well. Um, So I just think the way he's talked about, like, oh, yeah, Bobby would give you a home run when you were down 8-1 and it was like hollow stats of breu couldn't you know dive into the wall or he was actually a pretty good fielder with a cannon of an arm yeah. uh he just played the position kind of intelligently like he wasn't going to go run into walls like aaron rowan um, so I think he's disrespected. And then, obviously, I just went on a rolling rant. Um, <laughs> so I think the three of them, the way they're talked about, is a little disrespectful. So, you know, if you have one in the chat, um, please share them with us if there's anybody else we're missing. But those, yeah. were the, those were the big three that came to my mind, and they're all great career players.
1: Yeah, La Leche, still one of only five players that have a record of uh, 288 home runs, 400 steals during his career. Um, nobody else besides him and four others, have reached that benchmark. So, I mean, I again, I know there are times where people like to um, pick at how someone scores runs or how they play, but at the end of the day, 99% of the people that are... Um, really attacking these three for example can't do half the things that they're doing yeah. and that's what always, it's like alright let me see you do it then, let me see you go out there and play like Ryan Howard or try to come back from an Achilles or be Bobby Abreu or, or be Scott Rowland, let me Big see you try, try to do half the things they're doing so I just get irritated when people complain um, that really can't hold a, a, a match to what those players have accomplished and regardless how you feel about it, you don't have to love them but you can just at least respect their talent so I know in the chat you guys are Saying some things about a brave specifically he took walks when we needed RBIs and he was allergic to the warning track, uh, Rudavad saying. So, you guys are, you've got your thoughts. I agree, they're, they're not perfect, but maybe very much overly disrespected.
0: Yeah, uh, Dad says, you know, Abreu was a little bit Andre Iguodala, <laughs> where he was a, the best player on a bad team. Yeah. Even, like, I think Bobby Abreu was a little bit better than that. When you look at his numbers and, and the control of the strike zone and his ability to get on base, you know, a lot of people say hollow numbers, and he took walks when he shouldn't have. Or How about the fact that he was just a really good baseball player? Yeah. Um, So you know, it's I I just I think it's an interesting uh, discussion there. And Frank Dingus, what up? How you doing? Um, Mm -hmm. And everybody uh, that participates in the chat, we love you and appreciate all of you guys hopping in here. And when I say guys, I mean guys and girls. Guys, just I just I'm not one of those. I I, yeah I I just yeah I'll just say hey like if I saw a table of girls. Uh, when and I, I used don't to say wait, girls, well,
1: ladies well, or women. Well, I would say, hey,
0: guys, how you doing? So, like, that's just, I've always just been a hey, guys, I'm,
1: guys. A, I'm a geyser. I think I don't like a geyser. when people... <laughs> a geyser. I don't like when people Old are like, faithful. there's ladies here, too, yeah, and you yeah. don't have
0: to... I'm just a guy. It's, it's
1: In Spanish, it's like that, too. If there's men and women together, you would say, like... Oh, um, I failed
0: Spanish, so go oh, on.
1: Oh, okay. But just, in... in in Spanish language, you wouldn't say <laughs> muchachos and muchachas. You would just say muchachos. It just, it's always uh, the masculine. So yeah, yeah. it's in other languages, too, and it's not something, like, disrespectful. But I don't say girls. No. You're a big girls person, I picked up on. Because you prefer uh, a Because I talk about
0: the girls. Yes. My girls. It's a girl dad thing. I call them the girls a that's lot. That's like
1: me saying... Well, you say the boys, but that's like a... More of like a boys are back in town. You normally <laughs> say that's like. You know oh, who yeah, else is back in
0: town? <laughs> DraftKings, and I took your money last night, DraftKings. I had the <laughs> Niners minus the ten and a half last night. Uh, and it's a great and I got a 50% profit boost from DraftKings with another week of football. DraftKings is keeping you in the action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet five dollars and get two hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets. Throw down five on any of this week's match to walk away an instant winner. Our own Rich Hoffman in his daily newsletter decided to give out his picks, so he's got like four or five picks for you if you want to subscribe to that newsletter on allphly.com. DraftKings isn't stopping with new customers. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign up using code PHLY. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings sports book an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code PHLY the crown is yours <gasps> Here we go. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Licensee Partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. <laughs> it's all... We know this. It's Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.com slash damn it see sportsbook.draftkings.com there's the double dot got me slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources bonus bets expire seven days after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply
1: nicely done
0: the double Janie. dot the
1: double dot i was, I was like rolling I, with you there I know, you, I, oh, I, you had it you had I it. i want then. to see how fast you can do that god I all right suck. so um yes we definitely got to record the ad reads <laughs> we're gonna challenge you and no, make a game out I, of it I'm, to see how i'm going i'm
0: gonna get tyler <laughs> to start putting a timer up there Yeah, that's and i'm our, gonna challenge myself to beat the prior that's days literally
1: what i just said
0: no did you did Th- i bl- did i black out <laughs>
1: I was literally saying the exact same thing. Oh, <laughs> I was like, "We're gonna up. have to challenge you and tie me to see how uh, fast you can do it." And you're like, "No, I'm gonna, have, <laughs> I'm gonna have Tyler bad. tie me and challenge me <laughs> to see." How fast.
0: It's uh, fine. We're it's just Friday. on the same
1: page. You're I'm just thinking yeah, about completely those afternoon beers. stuck on the yeah. uh, on that. So let's talk about those afternoon beers uh, because yesterday the Phillies. We saw them play a fantastic game led by Nick Castellanos, obviously, who finished with a homer, was involved in four and and helped four of the five runs for the Phillies win. We saw Jose Alvarado, the closer, come in. Ranger Suarez was okay, was solid. Um, Also, we saw pregame. Trey Turner had a nice sit-down interview talking about how Trey's been not only more motivated since that standing ovation, but also allowed him to physically be able to take a step back and look at his mechanics, which has helped him just improve overall his at bat. So he's been more relaxed. It's eased his mind and allowed him to be able to be the trade turner that we see of today. So Jamie, I'm curious as we head into today's game, who you think is going to have a strong performance? Is it going to be Nick Cassianos continuing to be Cassie Clutch? Do you think it's someone else's time to step up? Obviously, we know the pitching matchup as we're looking at this one, we've talked about Taiwan Walker um, getting a start here. Do you think this is Walker's day? No. Oh, No.
0: Okay. <laughs> I'm probably going to bet the over on DraftKings tonight. Uh, good chance of that no faith. happening. I do think Castellanos stays in the zone here. Uh, and, and I might, for some reason, with these, you know, who do you think's going to go yard tonight type of conversations, I always just trust the gut. Uh now I might be hungry cuz I didn't have a big breakfast. Uh but my gut is telling me Trey Turner goes yard tonight. I'm going to take Trey Turner to go yard. Uh I'll take the over tonight, but I do think Nick He's locked in right now. He's going to all fields. His home run last night was the longest of the year for him. I believe it was the fastest exit velocity off of his bat this season, and it might have been the fastest of the StatCast era of his career. Uh, So he's really dialed in right now. I expect him to get on base a couple times tonight. Uh, I think the Phillies take it again tonight uh, in spite of Taiwan Walker. I, I really wish I had confidence in him riding the ship, but I do not.
1: Mm, okay, okay. I could see Trey having a big day. Alec Bohm also, we haven't even talked Boehm's about the been home playing run. playing great, too. Ball off the shin. Next one's out of the ballpark. Alec bohm has been playing very well, also. Uh, Rick Sachs is saying, Harper goes yard today. I could definitely see that. Uh, Tyreek Real is grinding your gears. Definitely have seen uh, some ups and downs, but I'm, I'm feeling like we're going to see a, a more consistent JT. And then Schwarber, maybe with a first pitch home run, Tim is saying, I'd love to see that. I hope that is correct. Yeah. Um, because. Yeah. Sure be. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely would be a great way to start off the the game if a leadoff home run from Kyle Schwarber comes into fruition. So yeah, let's, you know what? I have a better idea. Let's all be correct. Kyle's going to start us off with a home yeah. run. Harper's going to come and go yard today. Nick Cassianos will continue. Um, JT Ramuto will not grind our gears and will play a fantastic game. And then Walker's going to just do a good job, and we're not going to have as many issues with, let's just say, a good job. We won't, I, I we won't want have to high expectations. Let's I just- want <laughs> to
0: believe you. Uh, but you know, that basically 70 RA in his last like eight starts has me feeling a little sad. But you know what doesn't have me feeling sad? Magic numbers.
1: Ah, uh, let's talk about them real quick before we wrap up.
0: Yeah, the magic number is technically, and I believe we have a graphic for it. Well, it's technically, in reality, it's four but it's technically five because I like four better and four does sound a lot better the reality of the situation is we can talk about it as four the reason it's technically five is because if the Brewers lose out and the Cl- the Cubs decide all of a sudden and Tyler if you have the wild card standing graphic as well we can throw that up uh the Cubs have lost like I think it's 11 or their last 13 or something like that they just do not want to make the playoffs all of a sudden
1: Oh, uh, they keep yeah they keep losing the Brewers in
0: theory <laughs> could lose out and the cubs could surge that's why it's technically five but in reality it's four it's six to clinch home field uh here in philadelphia which certainly looks like it's going to happen uh but the arizona diamondbacks it really appears as though the phillies and diamondbacks are going to be playing october 3rd 4th and 5th hopefully there we go there's the magic number five um But it's really four. Uh, (laughs) October 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Hopefully those games are here in Philadelphia uh, because we all know how Citizens Bank Park gets in the playoffs. Uh, The Diamondbacks are good. They're a pesky team. uh, But I still, you know feel pretty confident in facing them the brewers likely will be hosting uh the the team that gets in there whether it be the reds or the marlins or you know san fran's all but kind of dead here in my opinion uh but it certainly looks like the phillies are on a collision course for the arizona diamondbacks in philadelphia and then if you can take that on you're going to be heading down to atlanta and you get the luxury of playing the braves
1: yes yes and i do think uh the phillies are able to lock in home game. Uh, for the home series, and then also I do think we're going to also start to see them resting some some starters possibly, giving some extra days off. Drew, to your question, I would imagine maybe a little bit, I mean, there's nine games left now, so maybe it's a couple more games before we start seeing some, they might some just, days off. They
0: and, might just treat Wheeler and Nola starts as like, um, you know, go pitch three innings and just yeah. get, get your pitch count to where you would on a, exactly. on a you know, your regular day or whatever. Yeah, just I think keep it's a
1: way to manage it, yeah. you know, within the game without having to Holy see rest.
0: Hoffman's and Sanchez's and those guys a right. little bit more. Uh, and somebody earlier had asked about the 40-man roster and if we can expect anything. Um, shout out to Orion Kirkinning and Johan Rojas, who won the Paul Owens Award yesterday from the team as the best player and pitcher. Orion is one to keep an eye on. He is not mm-hmm. on the 40-man roster yet, Uh, But if anybody tweaks anything or gets a little injured in these next nine days, uh, you could look for him to possibly be uh, that late call up, you know, hard throwing arm out of the pen. So that's one to keep an eye on. I don't think there's going to be any other roster tweaks outside of that. Uh, But if he pitches well, uh, you could possibly see him. And then who knows, does Rob Thompson feel comfortable going to a rookie in a postseason spot? probably not but you never know baseball is weird
1: stranger things have happened so we'll see what happens we'll keep an eye on it obviously uh for today 705 start on apple tv tyreek uh, excuse me <laughs> I don't know why. There's too many T's. There's T's in the chat. Well, we There's T's. Tyrese, the- we got Tyrese. We got I'm realizing. Right now. Tim Taiwan. and Tyreek are in the chat. We've Tyreke got Tywan and Tyler. What up? Holy moly! I was actually gonna respond to Tyreek's comment, but it's fine. Taiwan Walker, Tyler McGill pitching off to start today. Um, for Tyler those of you guys, Zooli. Tyler's. Uh, it's a T day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. And we're gonna absolutely see all of our uh, predictions come true. It's just gonna be a home run derby today for the Phillies
0: as we are talking. I through. do think they're gonna take three <laughs> or four from the Mets. We'll see. Both, yeah. both teams have Monday off. The weather is going to suck this weekend. I just saw before we went on uh, YouTube here potential two to four inches of rain in the area. It uh,
1: keeps changing though. Yeah, of when it's so hit.
0: there's a good chance with the Mets and Phillies off on Monday, we're going to have some some action yeah. on Monday as well. Hopefully not both, uh, but yes. Uh, Look, nice little header there, Uh, and (laughs) stay tuned.
1: Next, we've got soccer coming up. I was gonna say, stay tuned for Renee
0: coming up. (laughs) She's got uh, a special guest in studio today, El Capitan of the Philadelphia Union, Alejandro Bedoya, coming up. Uh, So make sure you stay tuned for that. Uh, but oh. I, th- I think they're going to take three or four from the Mets this weekend for oh, sure. Oh, boy, I
1: just hit a light. Okay, I'm going to stop playing. So, yes, <laughs> we have more to come on PHOY Phillies Podcast. I know early in the chat someone was asking, and I did not forget your question. I just forgot your name. It was also a team name, though, that we are going to have shows. For the postseason, there it is, Trevor, for the postseason, we will have pre- and post-game shows that you'll be able to tune in for because we have to make sure that come playoff time, come right October, we're also locked in and dialed yeah. in. And then after way, way, we this is not going to happen for a long time because the Phillies are going the distance, then we will still have shows in the offseason as we're breaking down. Everything that's happened in the offseason, looking at the farm system, looking at the draft, just keeping an eye on spring training. Winter Hopefully be at spring training. Ooh. We'll have some fun. We'll have some trivia for you. Some more to come here on PHOY Phillies Podcast. As Jamie mentioned, stay tuned because in 30 minutes I'll be back here with El Capitan, Ali Badoya from the Philadelphia Union, our first in-studio guest that we're having that's a player for PHLY uh, sports shows. So tune into that. And for all of you guys, tune in to us t- on Monday. That's wild. We're not back until Monday. Have a great weekend. Go Phillies. Subscribe, like, and comment, and we'll see you back for more PHOY Phillies podcasts come Monday, 1 o'clock. Is it? Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> <laughs> it is 1 o'clock. <laughs> 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time live on YouTube and across podcast platforms if you miss it. Have a great weekend, guys. We all silly like the mayor.